Welcome to episode 54 of Tim Talk, the podcast about the DC anime universe co-created by Bruce Tim. I'm Chris Lord. I'm Cameron Dexter. And I was really hoping we might get some good episodes this week. You know. And it didn't, it they didn't quite happen. They tried. Yeah. This was a yeah. great Super Friends episode. Mm. Was the first one? Yeah, even the second one too. I really, I love Livewire. Same. I forgot though that her origin episode is a stinker in yeah. comparison to the rest of her stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get to that. Yeah, um, I have like almost no news to talk about. I mean, I guess I have one great. thing. It's gonna be a great episode. <laughs> no news. Two bad episodes. I have very little to plug as well. I've been very great. busy of late. I guess one one little bit of I guess we'll be back you, next week. Yeah. You call it like a, a DCEU kind of news. The rumor is that, um, I guess, Matthew Vaughn is in talks and maybe direct Man of Steel 2. Okay. Matthew Vaughn having directed X-Men First Class mm-hmm. and the Kingsman movies. Yes. The, the second of which we are going to go see tomorrow and I'm super excited about. Which is not really doing well. Wait, is it not? It's not. I, I don't mean, mean to bring that up right now. Oh, no. I'm trying oh, to talk no. just loud enough so maybe this gets picked up. <laughs> uh yeah, but We're it's no, fine. No one else heard of that. But We're still going to enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, by the time this, epi- this episode comes out, I'm sure half of our audience will have seen it already. It already yeah, it already been out. Um, oh no. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's fine. Don't re- don't read reviews. Just look at numbers. That's all that actually matters. Yeah, I mean, I I just want to be entertained. I yeah, I've, I'm sure it'll still be entertaining. Yeah, it, it's hard to not entertain with that cast. Stop reading reviews. We're we're doing a podcast, Chris. Okay. No, I'm, I'm just. I was. I was just reading the uh, Rotten Tomatoes creative consensus, or um, uh, critics consensus. Uh, what? Uh, other <laughs> we did have a ton of trailers drop today. We did. Like I saw four. Well, okay, I watched Tomb Raider, which was not great. Generic. Yeah. Very generic. It either looked like direct pulls from the video, or like from the actual video game, the reboot video game, or just generic. I'm going through a tomb and almost my head taken off by this spike pole thing mm-hmm. i did talk to one of my friends who's a much better gamer than i am mm-hmm. uh, much more be- that better world. or bigger both okay very much both oh, well, um and he said yeah he fans and fans really enjoyed the trailer because some those scenes were definitely pulled straight yeah. from um the game he said two or three of the scenes were pulled from the most recent uh, ps3 game mm-hmm. and i'm sure some were pulled from other games yeah um but yeah it's I just really want a video game movie to do well at some point. I know. But I feel like it's the medium is too the I'm not going to I don't want to go into the full spiel because it's I have a very kind of complex process on how I think they're going to have to merge the two mediums at some point. You can't take a video game story and put it into a movie and you can rarely take a movie and put it into a video game. That's much easier to do. Yeah, it is. Yeah, cuz you you can it's so much it's a lot easier to expand. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's not necessarily true, is it? Not always. Mm-hmm. No. I guess it's easier to build on top of an existing really solid spine than it is to try and take something that's very des- like disparate and branching and condense it down to like a really cohesive narrative. Yeah. Uh, and also, there was, a, there was a really interesting video. I wish I could remember who made it or what it was called. Uh, but they were talking about how with video games, the reason it doesn't adapt well is you're looking at it. When you're playing a video game, you are the first you you have the first person view even if it's not yeah. an fps game or not uh, just a first person perspective game uh it's still you in control mm-hmm. and that's the difference between that 
compared to a comic book and a comic book movie. With comic books, you're still a third party reading. Yeah. The action is happening in front of you, not around you. Mm. When you can transition that into a movie, which is still the action happening in front of you instead of around you, it's a much easier kind of comparison. Whereas when you're playing a video game and to watching a video game, you don't, you lose that wall or that you build a wall. That makes sense. Where you're not engaged in the movie. Even if it's a super engaging movie, you as the audience member won't nearly be as engaged. Was that a Nerdist video? I feel like you plugged that a few weeks ago, actually. Maybe. It probably sounds like something Dan would say. But was it, I guess it was, yeah, I think I do remember putting that into the plug. I didn't actually watch it. Okay. Which I should have done. Which is fine. Mm. I plug a lot of videos. That's true. I know. Um, I know. <laughs> but I feel like I, I want to go into it, but I don't, I'll, I'll give like the rough. I think that we, the way that I see those two mediums coming together in the future mm-hmm. is definitely a, some kind of like, what's the word? Um, VR. No. Kind AR. Of, not always VR. Definitely not AR. AR is just video enema. games. Yep. That's the thing. Okay. Um, video game enema. No, they're, uh, choose your own adventure games. Oh. I, I've been talking about this for a few months now, and I've probably brought it up on the podcast at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can definitely see it's going to take huge budgets, but kind of creating a movie quality uh, kind of game where it's just a choose your own adventure movie. I mean, I, I feel like Telltale is kind of in that vein. Absolutely. Even, right? I mean, because it's that, those are mostly cinematic games where you're just occasionally making like conversational choices. Yeah. So. And that's definitely the future I see for bringing those two worlds together. Yeah, so maybe like a, like a, a VR or AR choose-your-own-adventure mm-hmm. style thing. I, I want it to be a movie where I don't even think it's a game. Or I don't even think it's one or the other. Like, right. they blend so well together that I'm just enjoying the movie and I'm also experiencing the yeah. game. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. I, I would love to play... I remember... Uh, Back on, I think, God, I think it was when I still had a PC way back in the day, it was a um, computer version of Clue. But, like, you could actually, like, you could do, like, a, like the, instead of, like, the overhead shot, you could, like, the 3D version where you, like, walk around from room to room and that sort of thing. Yeah. I would love to see, like, a version of that done in VR, kind of, where you, like, walk <laughs> around and, like, that. I like, so you have, like, the atmosphere of, like, knowing there's a murderer loose and you're, like, oh, trying there's to figure a game. out who it is. Yeah, there's already a game like that. What? Well, I mean, you. you I'm sure there's one that is a murder mystery, but there was, uh, I want to say the beginning of this year or maybe even last summer, there was a game, oh God, what was it called? Something about my creepy neighbor, um, where it's a VR game where you basically break into your neighbor's house and try and figure out what he's hiding in his basement. Oh, so that, I mean, it's kind of Rear Window-esque. Yeah. You haven't seen Rear Window, have you? I haven't seen How oh, okay. dare you? Hey, you haven't seen most good movies. Yes, I've seen Rear Window, 1955-ish. Ooh. Yeah, I think, um, ooh. Uh, yeah, we had to watch it for uh, class in college. It was great. Had to watch it. I don't just mean that, actually. Yeah, you had to watch it. Dick. It's one of my favorite movies. I just assumed you hadn't seen it. <laughs> that's, that's fine. That's a, it's that's a fair, fair assumption. Yeah. Um, Give let's me see shit it. for that. Other trailers. Uh, we had the Punisher trailer drop, which looked fine. great. Yeah. I'm kind of tired of the machine gun music like they did it well in this trailer yeah. i think better than some of the other definitely better than tomb raider yeah they just did like a very base level of it but i'm kind of getting bored of it i kind of am too yeah it, I, I think i'm getting a little bit burned out on the netflix stuff as well i just think i like the fenders but i didn't love it mm-hmm. so this has now been 
three series in a row that I didn't really love. And I feel like a lot of people are in that same boat. Yeah, and now I'm just like, do I really want to sit down and watch? Like, Defenders was fine. It was eight hours. I, I burned through in a day when I was extraordinarily hungover. Um, I, I mean, do I want to sit down and like spend 13 hours watching a show that I'm kind of meh about? Yeah, I mean, it's... I feel like this will be the kind of the deciding one for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of the audience is still there just because of the Marvel name, which is kind of sad. Yeah. And, you know, maybe it'll be good. I mean, obviously, Barenthal's great. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess that... I mean, to be fair, though, Mike Holter was great as Luke Cage, but his series wasn't that good. Yeah. And the less said about Iron Fist, the better. <laughs> um, um, I don't know. Because, I mean, the trailer definitely showed more of a past... Yeah, you know, definitely like more of an origin Punisher story, which I think is what they're going for, but with little snippets of present yeah. stuff is happening. I mean, you know, he was really good, his parts in Daredevil Season 2, so let's be helpful. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm very wishy-washy on the series. It could yeah. be great. I'd be happy. It could be bad. I'll probably still watch it. Well, of course I'll still watch it. <sighs> See, I, no I'm, I'm running out of time to watch things, so I'm just like, I'm starting to get choosier and choosier. Like, I haven't seen a movie in, I think, two months. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would go crazy if I didn't see me in two months. <laughs> I just got my fucking movie pass, too, and I haven't had a chance to use it. Because, like, there's just no time. That's fine. It's understandable. It makes me so sad, Cameron. I, the next movie I see will be Kingsman Tomorrow. That'll be the first one I've seen in a long time. There we go. So, no matter what, I'm probably going to enjoy it. It's because it's been, it's been so long. Uh, and then the last trailer we got was the second trailer for Jumanji. I watched that. To continue on our, our mediocreness. Well, I, you know, it still looks entertaining i love everyone in that movie i do too I, it's probably gonna be dumb but it looks pretty fun yeah and that's all i want like it can score horribly i just want a fun movie yeah especially because the last jumanji gave me nightmares for months oh my god i only hope the new one does the same but for I, completely different reasons right <laughs> it's just i fear becoming an even shorter person <laughs> even though i think kevin hart and i are the same height probably about that I, I don't think I've ever actually seen a movie with Kevin Hart in it. I've only seen, like, little bits and pieces of him here and really? there. Really? Never saw Central Intel is the only one that's popped I mean, in my head. I mean, most of the movies he don't, does are just, like, dumb comedies that don't... They're big-budget studio comedies, which I generally avoid because they're Central garbage. Intel, I thought, was entertaining. I've heard, I've heard okay things, yeah. so maybe I'll check that one out. But um, I'm kind of intrigued by it. It looks dumb but entertaining. So. Yeah. Uh, and there was another movie. Did you watch the Gotham Season 4 trailer? Nope. I, I watched it out of just morbid curiosity. Holy shit, that show is insane. What is happening? I, Give I, me a refresher. I don't even know. Um, like, when I watched What'd the pilot, it, it, feel? so Barbara was his fiance, and now she's like some crazy villain. Yeah, yeah, that happened in she, season one. She gets like electrocuted. I guess the Riddler and the Penguin like had a, a thing going on, but then the Penguin killed like. Okay. No, the Riddler killed the Penguin's love interest, so now okay. Mr. Freeze has frozen the Riddler and put him someplace. There's some virus that's fucking people up. Bruce is starting to become, like, Batman. He's wearing, like, this really terrible, terrible, like, late Smallville-style proto-suit. Great. Um, I might have to get back into this. This sounds amazing. Raz al Ghul is in Oh, my God, season. they already brought in Raz. Yeah. Um, you said it wrong. Um, Raish. There we go. Dick. What's, um, uh, is it Alexander... Siddig, he was um, the doctor on D Space Nine, and he was nope. w- he was one of the Martells. Scarsgard. No, not no. 
Alexander Skarsgård. No, I think it's Alexander Siddig, but he's in it as Roz. I'll go. Good casting, like good TV Roz casting. Probably okay. better than Arrow. I don't know. It looked fucking insane. I'm not going to watch it. I just had to see it for it myself. It honestly sounds like a crazier Once Upon a Time. Another I th- I series think, I, I couldn't so. get into. I think so. Uh, yes, I was right. Alexander Siddig. Okay. Yeah. Good old him. Um, yeah. Looks terrible. Won't watch it. Someone else out there probably does. I hope you guys enjoy it. I mean, it's, it's on its fourth season, so obviously they have a fan base. Yeah. I don't fucking know who. Not a great one because okay. it's on the Sunday panel at Comic-Con. If That's you... a nerd. That's a burn. That's a sick nerd burn. I mean, there are some big shows to do Sunday. Doesn't Doctor Who do Sunday? It used to. I it, it moved up. Oh, they did it? Okay. They, I think so. They moved the way up. I was, I was, because it goes like Ballroom yeah. 20, Hall H on like Sunday, and then like proper Hall H, like Friday and Saturday. I think it was... I feel like Thursday, too, is kind of like the, the B-level crowd. I think it was like Indigo Ballroom on Sunday. That's still pretty big. That's not quite Ballroom 20, though. It's on its way. Yeah. Okay. It's getting there a little bit. If you listen to this podcast and you also watch Gotham message us on something and tell us what you think of the show and why you keep watching it. Cause I'm very, very curious about this. Yeah. Um, any other news before we talk about our, our mediocre Superman episodes this week? There was another, there was another trailer. I can't remember it right now, so I'll leave it out. Yeah. I watched some independent film trailers, but I didn't watch, I don't remember any other big trailers. Um, uh, I mean, I think we talked about this, but I've mentioned the podcast, John Wick chapter three, May 19th, 2019 release <gasps> date. Ooh. Super excited. That's very exciting. I know. Oh, John Wick. Um, yeah, I don't know. No, can't find it. Okay. Well, oh, well, let's talk about Superman. Okay. So. Let's talk about this 1970s illustrated vid- villain. Okay, so we got the Promethean here. Um, it's, I uh, have never, I had never no. heard of him before. He's not, he's not a real villain. He was created for the show. Okay. Um, Didn't stick. Super, super basic plot. It starts out uh, basically a recreation of Armageddon. They're up there trying to blow up some asteroid. And then Superman discovers there's this big rock guy taped to the side of it. And as soon as the rock guy gets a little bit of sunlight on, he wakes up, breaks free, and crashes down to Earth. Is there anything else worth talking about in all of that? Uh, the general is on board of the rocket ship, and he does not like Superman no, he or doesn't. aliens. Well, someone in each one of these episodes has to hate Superman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he drew the straw this time. Yeah, General Hardcastle. I feel like is a character from the comics. I would have to look that up real quick. Probably. He, he's very similar to... Um, General Eiling? Is that you're thinking of? No, I'm thinking of uh, the general from the Hulk. Oh, General Ross. Yeah. That, he's the, that's the first person I think of when I think of this, this person. Did you happen to recognize the voice nope. of General Hardcastle? Charles Napier? It's a very familiar name. It's because he's been in everything. I'm going to slice my computer around here because it's also tied to it. Hard drive. Okay. Do you remember... Familiar face. First Austin Powers? Yes. The general who goes with them to wake him up? Oh, okay. That guy. Yeah. Pack my overnight bag and Mm -hmm. feed my fish? Yes. Not too much? Yeah, that's him. I haven't seen the first one, but yeah. Oh, it's such a good movie. I can't quote it. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, I can quote it. And quote Goldmember a little better. Anywho. Um, Okay. Things are happening. Uh, So, yeah. uh, Promethean lands in the ocean... Oh, Superman's suit burns up. That's kind of sad. Oh, yeah, his I'm super sure he's going to get another one. That's fine, because then he uses his diving suit. First time we've had two suits. It was two great. of his ridiculous suits it in was one great. episode. Um, I, wanna, I think I brought this question up in a Batman episode. If I didn't, I meant to bring it up, because okay. it was a very important thing for me. What? Um, how do they store his cape in these suits? 
Because I also wonder that oh. when he's wearing just like his normal journalist suit, because yeah. he always has it. And when you see it melt, when because the as he's entering re-entering Earth atmosphere, you see the the spacesuit kind of burn off and the yeah. cape start fl- fluttering in the wind. And I'm always wondering where, how they store that cape. Uh, well, if it's anything like the Superman toy, the Clark Kent <laughs> Superman like changeable figure from the '90s, uh, he rolls it up and puts it inside of a backpack. No, but he's still wearing it. I know he's wearing it all the time. I don't know either. Actually, I don't think we've ever. I don't think anyone's ever bothered to explain that in any of the Superman mediums. I I asked this question. Kevin Smith, get on this answer. Yes, someone please explain to us how this all works. Because it's a it's a thick cape. It is the the way I could see it is to kind of help mask his identity. It maybe gives him like a hunt like a hunchback. Maybe maybe oh, okay yeah maybe give him more of a bit. rounded cur- like a rounded spine from the outside. Yeah, just kind of hill. Yeah, mm-hmm. like a hunch. Could be very well. Could be that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think he just I think he very meticulously like just very slowly rolls it up like a sleeping bag. Yeah, he, just, he, he keeps rolling, and then every once in a while he stops, and, like pushes in on it, let the air out, and just kind of keeps going up, up, and up again. Yeah. Um, so I had a lot of other issues with this episode, <laughs> Beyond but that was the that was a big one. It's but it's an important. It's a very important one. That's, it's an important one. Um, yeah. So oh, so when he when the Promethean he goes by a nuclear sub and he grabs it and then he sucks the energy out of it and this is when we start to realize like that's his whole deal. Oh, that's right. Oh, because uh, Hamilton deciphers like a coded message that went along with it and we basically learned that he is a. Uh, a massive, stupid labor robot. Yes. Who is powered off of heat. Yes. And this is where I had my second big problem. Okay. Not with, not with the story. I was fine with the story. Whatever. It's the same plot, basically the same plot that put in uh, the most recent Zelda game. Okay. Um, my problem is the stupid-ass assistant who, while they're telling this story in flashback, the assistant is like, oh, also, by the way, the Promethean is already on shore and is already attacking the city. Maybe you could have, like, interrupted, be like, hey, so just a warning, it's a mile out. Hey, just a warning, it's, like, it breached water, it, it breached land. It's on its way. I, I'm, I'm going to defend the Maybe assistant. Maybe just a fucking I'm, warning. I'm going to defend the assistant. And if you're in that position where you work with very powerful people and you're not sure when it's okay to interrupt, you got, you got your boss talking with Superman. You're not going to be like, um, uh, it's, it's, uh, The city is at stake, Chris. Uh, excuse, excuse, excuse me? I would find a way to wiggle it in. <laughs> It's kind of an important thing. Because while he's, like, even doing the... Like, he even gets through an entire science experiment before the... Oh, that's like, true. He's like, oh, yeah, watch how cold packs work. Yeah. And Superman already said he understood it. <laughs> I get it. For the audience. Whatever. I understand how cold packs work, but why don't you demonstrate it for other people? Yeah. Look into the camera. Look back. Um, but it's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Pretty stopped. <laughs> you- Okay, so I'm going to see how much further I can get in before you start having other issues. I have a suspicion it won't be very far. Uh, so the thing comes ashore, and Hardcastle just starts shooting at it a whole bunch, yep, which, fine. of course, just makes it stronger. And what, what eventually... Oh, that's right. It's he... Promethean, like, what, he like, grabs a helicopter and throws it, and it almost kills Hardcastle, and Superman saves him. That's when he's like, okay, I guess we'll stop shooting it. Mm-hmm. And then they try and... Oh, like, Hamilton turns off the power to the city? Yeah. Right? To try and lead it away. Superman is, like, carrying around, like, a glowing he, steel beam. Uh, Superman is basically acting as a giant uh, firefly. Yeah. To lure um, the Promethean away from the city to the reservoir, 
where they're going to dump the cold a, mix. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of uh, Shrek 2 when they're sieging the, the castle and they have the giant gingerbread man, Mongo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's my other problem with this episode, Chris. <laughs> this was my biggest problem. Oh, my God. Okay. What, what do we uh, got? Because this is actually like a Superman thing. Like, the other two were <laughs> stupid like storytelling problems. Sure. Okay, That's yeah. fine. This is a Superman problem. Um, so he, we see him kind of trying to figure out how to uh, entice, lure, yeah, um, Promethean away from the city, and he finally ends up grabbing a steel beam and heating it up with his eye, with his heat ray, heat yeah. vision. Why the fuck didn't he just use his heat vision to like feed? I the way I saw it, the way I imagined it was like, like luring him with a piece of candy. Is like if Superman just hit Ooh, him with candy. his heat vision. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, if Superman just hit him with his heat vision, that would have like hmm. I don't know how hot that is, but okay. it's still a heat vision. Source. Okay, so yeah. I, I think maybe the reason he didn't do that is even if he were doing it in small doses to try and draw the Promethean in a certain direction, he is still making the Promethean stronger. Even if it's in little, little doses, it's probably not the best idea to keep feeding more power to the Do we know monster. that it's giving him strength? Because they never really clarify. We never see him get stronger. We just see him kind of harbor energy. And that was my other question about oh, him. Oh, actually, that's a good point. Because he just, he, I mean, he wakes up when the sun hits him. Mm-hmm. And that gives him no strength to keep going. But yes, from that point, I wouldn't necessarily say that he got incrementally more powerful. No. He, he just kept moving and intercepting He just was hungry. Yeah. He, wasn't, he wasn't thriving for strength. Okay. He uh, he had a set level of of strength. I think I think we can assume hmm it maybe not necessarily going to make him stronger in the sense like he can lift more shit up. But it's still giving it's like feeding him basically, right? Like mm-hmm. if you starve him, he will eventually get weak and collapse if you keep feeding him whatever he's doing, he can keep doing for longer, maybe do more effectively. Mhm. Would be my my thinking maybe on that one. I don't know. Wasn't a good episode, Chris. I mean, what I what I do love though is at one point, uh, the 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 lure stops working because he sees the moon, and he's like, "Wait, why won't the moon give me? Yeah, give I me want this heat. giant moon yeah, cookie." Trying to follow it, but what I what I really love though, I guess, if I have a, a massive gripe with the whole episode, is how it ends, because they they put it into the rest style. Yeah, well, I mean, kind of, but like. But with less resolution. Did, they, oh my god, there was no resolution. Because well, they, they 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 get him into the reservoir. They dump the, the Instapack, cool stuff, so he freezes. Superman just gets out of his grasp before he gets frozen, too. And then this thing is just now trapped inside the ice. What the fuck do they do with and it? And that's the end of the episode. That's the end. The it just, it just ends. The there's, no, there's no even, like, line of dialogue at the end to try and explain, like, what happened to it. So, I mean, did they just leave it there long enough to go dig, like, a massive underground tunnel at Star Labs to shove him in? Do they already have an underground place they're going to put him? They launch him back into the space. They just break him apart. What did they do with him? Who knows? Because they, it starts off with Superman being like, oh, we can't kill this thing. It's a sentient being. Well, but now we know it's a robot. But then it's a robot, but then there's no further discussion of whether that means it's still... But it also has intelligence. It, exactly. It. Is it still a sentient? Is it, is it still a living creature? They never continue that discussion. They just freeze it. And it doesn't kill it, obviously, because it can survive a lot. But it just... What? What? Do, how to go off your segment from last week? How could they have made this episode work? Because there's an interesting idea at play here, mm-hmm. but they don't do anything with it. What would you do differently? I don't know. I thought more about the next episode than this one. Okay, yeah, this one I so just kind of threw away. I think we needed more compassion towards the Promethean. <clears throat> okay, yeah, I think it's fair. 
Um, like, especially in that moment where he's kind of grasping for the moon, I saw kind of this, like, childlike yeah. tendency of it. That's where he most reminded me of Mongo. Yeah. Um, sure. Be good. Keep going. Um, like, maybe you could do something with that storyline. Um, honestly, I have no idea how I'd make this. I would scrap it, this episode. It feels like a 1950s sci-fi B-movie. Yes. Um, with the same level of illustration. That was my biggest... It, it wasn't was, great. It wasn't, it wasn't well animated, no. It felt like... Sorry to cut you off. I just want to get this point out. Oh, it's not got anything important to say. Um, also, fuck you. How dare you? <laughs> um, it, uh, it felt like a, a 1970s Hanna-Barbera drawing yeah. that just never got any better. It just, and it I'm was, not sure if it was the harsh shadows or what it was about it. He just wasn't visually interesting. Yeah. Also, did he have to be massive? Like, could he have been... Like, a tiny? Well, like a normal size being, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I guess that... It makes it simpler in this case if he's, like, a giant automaton because there's less personality. If you make him more human-sized, he immediately be, seems more human, even if he's got, like, the same sort of thing going on. But I felt like if they had made him a character and not a thing, it might have been more interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm... Yeah. Yeah. It mm, I think I think huh. we're starting to see why this show is kind of forgotten amongst mm. the rest. But at the same time, kind of going off that point, um what other movie with a giant robot came out right around this time? Well but yeah, but this is no Iron Giant though. Like that movie makes me cry every time I watch it. Also about Superman. <laughs> yeah, it's also a movie about Superman basically. Yeah. yeah. Again, one of the best Superman movies ever made. Yeah. Yeah. Like Hercules. Ah, oh, it was great. I know. Uh, in high school, one of my, my female <laughs> friends asked me, which was one of the greatest questions I've ever been asked in my life, uh, while we were watching Hercules, she's like, did Hercules come before or after Superman? Oh, my God. Well, and I was so proud. <laughs> well, okay. How, how do you answer that? Because you could kind of take it multiple ways. I did. I answered it multiple ways. <laughs> okay, of course you did. D. <laughs> <laughs> All and none of the above. Yes. Well, because technically, yes, Hercules as a as a character existed long, long, long before Superman. Mm-hmm. But that iteration of Hercules is heavily influenced by Superman. Yeah, particularly the Richard Donner film. Which uh, hmm. <laughs> it'd be really a shame if someone on this podcast hadn't watched I had not it. Seen it. I did see that they're releasing on Blu-ray a three-hour cut. That's not the one we'll watch. Don't worry. I was going to say, do you know what I found in my movie collection the other day? Superman. All four Supermans. Oh, really? Cause I think mine are back home. Yeah, I, I own them. I forgot that I own them. We're going to watch it. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe we have Shane on. Maybe we have Shane over. We watch it together. Okay. And then talk about it. Um, you seem so excited about that. No, I am. I, I was trying to transition to, our, to... I had a point I wanted to make. Oh, a point about the Hercules? No, no, no. About this episode. Okay. Uh, I could talk about Hercules for days. I'm going to keep that know, to myself. I know you can. Um, as I'm wearing my Hercules hat. Of course. I think this was an interesting, not well done, mm-hmm. but a topic starter for pro versus anti-alien. Okay. Yes. But they didn't really do anything with it, did they? No. But I want to get into that. Like, we don't have to do it on this podcast, but I want a show to get into that. Like, wait, okay, wait, what do you mean? There's an idea that's been going around, and again, I don't remember where I read this, but it's that... Um, 
popular cinema has always been pushing us to fear extraterrestrials. Yeah. Um, instead of accepting them. Mm-hmm. And I think this episode is kind of oh. showing that as well. You still haven't read New Frontier, right? Nope. God damn it, Cameron. <laughs> that comic addresses that. Do the, they? Okay. Well, yeah, because so Martian Manhunter arrives in 1957, I believe. 57, 58. In our world, like a, a version of our world where like the Golden Age heroes have kind of disappeared and the Silver Age heroes are yet to emerge. And there's a scene in it where he goes to watch a movie. Like his way of understanding human culture is to watch television and then also watch movies. That's why he becomes like... It's how I became a human. It's, yeah, that's a generous way of describing yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that was so mean. No, it's the most basic <laughs> interpretation of, the, of myself I can muster. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Martian Manhunter... Uh, goes to see a movie that involves like invaders from Mars, and it's was super, it invaders from Mars? It, it probably was called, in fact, invaders from Mars, and it's very B movies, horrible special effects sort of thing. But he sees it as a comedy because it's so blatantly and shallowly portrays these like monsters from Mars, and he's like, that's not what we're. Is like it at all. similar to that Futurama episode where Fry and Leela go to the robot planet and see the horrors of humans? Um, <clears throat> I remember that one. We only seen that episode once. It's a good one. It's fine. Maybe a little bit of that. It was like episode. I don't remember the number. It was the. Um, was that was that um, uh, original run or new run? Was that original was that? run? Was original it was like season one. Was it? I'm pretty sure it was when we first learn about the robot holidays. I've, oh, they they blend together a little bit. How dare you! I know I'm a terrible person. That's fine. Yeah. So okay, but so. I know of at least one place that kind of addresses that idea. Because I agree with you. Like, you, pretty much most movies about aliens coming in are, they're all bad. Especially if you look at the, like, 70s and 80s on both movies, TV, and video games. Hugely yeah. on video games. Yeah. You always fought the aliens. Well, yeah, Space Invaders. Mm-hmm. Right there. Um, you just went and saw Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I've never seen it. I did. How do they treat the aliens? It was that? very split. Um, okay. Is it just kind of more like these are how humans would react rather than these are how we should think about them? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was much closer to Arrival. Okay. Uh, and the fact that I guess it wasn't, it wasn't split on the idea of if we should accept them. It's the, mm-hmm. It was split on the idea of if we should believe in them. Okay. Um, so, you, you, you know, you had all of the, like, normal town people. There's one guy who saw the alien and all the normal town people did not believe him. Mm-hmm. They refused to believe. Like, they think he's going crazy. And he is, he is kind of going crazy. Because um, they like shot an image in his head. And he can't get the image out. So he has to just do whatever he can. to say. He draws it. He sculpts it. He like moves all the dirt from his front yard into his kitchen. So he can sculpt it like into a life-size model. Wow. Or not a life. Like a, a scale model. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Uh, but then you have the government who's trying to cover it up, and they just want to communicate with it. Okay. So we don't see anything past that. Okay, interesting. I gotta, I gotta watch that at some point. But I mean, I feel like there's gotta be other things that have tied that discussion before. Yeah, I'm sure there are. Yeah. But I haven't seen them. <laughs> Write in and tell us, guys. <laughs> Please, someone desperately talk to us. So um, lonely. But I think that's all <laughs> I had about. The, they had a white squall moment, which was great. They had a what? <laughs> There was a, uh, a very decent B-movie I had to watch in high school called White Squall. What the fuck is that about? Uh, a White Squall is a giant wave. 
It's, oh. it's, a, it's a, what do you call it when it when a wave is about to hit land? A giant a wave. Tsunami. Uh, sure, it's a tsunami, but in the middle of the ocean. Uh, a tidal wave. Sure, it's an ocean tidal wave. I don't but know. the uh, the movie had. Oh, I'm so upset. I forgot his name. The only movie I can think of him in is The Rookie, the baseball movie. Oh, he's a three-name um, guy. Thomas. I don't... Um, maybe not. He was also in uh, Vantage Point. <laughs> I'm not listing any good movies. It's fine. Whatever. White Squall, it's about a, a, a boat of high school children um, who they, their senior year, they, they spend a year on a boat. And then they're hit by a white squall. Um, and the moment that everyone in my high school class would talk about was when the wave finally comes up, instead of everyone freaking out, it just zooms in on the, the older guy and the main character. He just kind of whispers into the camera, white squall. Are you Jeff Bridges? No. Is he in this movie? He's in, he's in white squall. Uh, as it, uh, Scott Wolf? No. Ryan Felipe? No. Jeremy Sisto? I'm not going to remember the name from... from just hearing it. Ethan Embry. Maybe. But was he in Rookie of the... You're talking about Rookie of the no, Year? No, I'm not thinking... I'm thinking The Rookie. Oh, The Rookie. Yes. Um, wait, no. The Rookie. That was um, Dennis Quaid. Yes. But he's not in this. Then, then I'm going crazy. Yeah, we already knew that. Whatever. The, the scene <laughs> I wanted to talk about was when the camera zooms in, the, the main guy just goes, White Squall. And everyone in the class, whenever like something would happen... We'd all just like kind of whisper to each other, white squall, white squall, white squall, white squall. That was great. <laughs> great high school antics. Oh, my God. That's fucking fantastic. Um, but who's our sponsor this week, Chris? It is our good friends, the Podcast of Two Worlds. Hey. I know. Yeah, We're going to hear from them good soon. Good old Chris and Trevor. Yeah. So, yeah, they're going to be on for uh, what should hopefully be a much better episode when it's all about the flash. Yeah. So, but until then, here's a little tease of what they're like. Hi, I'm Trevor Reese. And I'm Chris Vimbrez. And we host the podcast of two worlds all about The Flash. You want TV Flash? Got, Got it. it. Comic book Flash? Got, Got it. it. Fan erotica Flash? Got it under my mattress. I got it under my mattress, too. We got everything you need for the speedster of Central City, The Flash. And we got new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and any of the places you can find podcasts. We are proudly a part of the Nerdist School Network. Speedweed. Ooh. <laughs> For those who don't know, we actually use that as like, so we can have quiet conversations yeah. between the episodes. Yeah, so we can talk behind your guys' backs. Yeah. <laughs> between um, episodes. Talk so much shit on you guys. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So now we're on to Livewire. Yes. Um, a shit introduction to a pretty decent character. Do you think this should have been a two-parter? No. I think I I don't think they should have done an intro for her at all, actually. Like, because, again... She pops up later on, and it's really good. I mean, I, one of her best episodes, one of my favorite episodes ever, which is Girls' Night Out, which is when Supergirl and Batgirl team up to fight Livewire, Harley, and Ivy. Okay. It's a great episode. <clears throat> She's great in that. She's great whenever she appears. I feel like we don't need origins for all of the villains. Like, because mm. eventually we get to, like, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, where people just exist with powers, and we don't have to dive into them, especially JLU, but a little bit in Justice League as well. I kind of felt like you could have just jumped in here with the appearance of a character who can do these sort of things. Like, even, even 
Batman didn't do this all the time. Like he had four villains that just existed already. Just, but even Freeze in his episode, we like we learn his backstory, but we don't see it happen in real time. Right. Um, we learn as the episode goes. As the episode goes, which I think, I mean, it helps there that he actually has sympathetic background. On like, what's what's her real name again? Leslie uh, Willis. Leslie Willis. Not sympathetic at all. But it just Tommy Laren. Yeah. Um, it's, oh my God! You're right. That's exactly who this is. Yeah. Oh, thank God we don't have a superpower, Tommy Loren. That would just would be great. Won't even go there. I yeah. I just it because it's so like she, I think she has like a fun personality, but it just got grating at a certain point because she's like the whole like oh I'm like the '90s shock jock sort of thing. Also, that character is like the most '90s character ever. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. She's what Daria strives to be. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, I think the problem is that her transition to villain had no kind of backbone. She no. got powers and just was a villain. She was a villain. And she, even the way she gets the powers is really stupid. Cause like the lightning strikes Superman, which then like feeds off onto her and creates her as live wire, which doesn't make any goddamn sense. No, but it, I mean, it, it it's a, bolt of electricity that strikes through an alien into a person. I was letting, I let myself disbelieve that. I mean, I suppose, if she got the power, cause I initially thought she got the power from just being struck by lightning herself. Yeah. That I didn't believe as much seeing it go through Superman and kind of taking some of his Kryptonian blah, blah, blah. But I mean, she doesn't really get anything of his. So she, at some points displays like extra strength, like hyper strength. But other than that, she doesn't have any Superman's powers. I know. Like, she can just shoot lightning bolts, and she can become, like... Pure electricity. Pure electricity and flow through shit. I mean, it just... It, uh... So that's why... Well, let's, let's go over the episode for our listeners. Okay. Um, oh, hang on real quick. Did you catch who the voice? I always ask you this. Like, you're no, gonna, I, you're gonna I know. This. I usually have time to at least, like, yeah. think I'm going to look. This week, I, today, I did not have no, time you did to, not. to it's fine. That. So this is uh, the actress, Lori Petty. Who was in Point Break? <gasps> That's our favorite movie. <laughs> what What was her name in Point Break? Oh, is she that girl? Yeah, she's the main girl, like I the girl remember. with the guy's name. What was it? Was Brad or something? It, it wasn't that <laughs> Mark, but it was. I mean, it was something that just didn't. David. Yeah, it was something like that. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, the girl from Point Break. Oh, huh, that's awesome. Yeah, should tell Shane. I know. Uh, what else? What, uh, so we meet Leslie Willis, who is Tyler. A- there you go. See, slightly more gender neutral, but yeah, more so than Brad, <laughs> Mark, Mark. Uh, so we meet um, we meet Leslie Willis, who is you know, like like you said before, is a '90s overly stereotyped '90s shock jockey mm. who just lives to insult Superman and blame him for the world's problems, for, and for no real good reason, right? Like Lois asked her, and she's like, "I don't know." He like he's like selfish. And it's like, well, that doesn't. Well, so that was that was another thing that I thought the reason I think this should have been a two part episode that they briefly touched on, and I would love for them to go into it. Mm-hmm. She mentioned the reason she hates on Superman is because that's what gets views. She never specifically said that yeah. she personally hates him off air. Yeah, she's doing it because it gives her a leg up on the rest of the newscasters. She says, I had to work twice as hard in this male-themed industry, whatever yeah. she said. So, okay, yeah, there, there are some interesting and quite modernly 
relevant <laughs> ideas in there about like just doing things for the ratings and having to work harder than yeah male counterparts. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I wish that we would have gotten at least some point where after when she's in the hospital, her manager. Who, his, name, his name is Sid Minkin. That name sounds so familiar. Um, well, Alan Menken, obviously. Oh, is, that's probably what I'm thinking. Yeah. The, it's one of the songwriters from Aladdin and many other things. Yeah. Um, I wish when she was in the hospital, her manager maybe came up and be like, hey, so because of this incident, uh, we have to pay so much money and they're going to cut our show. Yeah. Like something like that, where she would have had a reason to be like, fuck, this is Superman. My entire career, everything that I've been working towards this whole time has now been destroyed mm-hmm. because of Superman. And now I have these powers. So why don't, instead of me striving to be the best entertainer, I'll be the only entertainer. Yeah, that, you're right. That, that would have been a much more, like, Betos-esque way of handling it. Yeah. Because, like, every, pretty much every villain in that show who, like, was a continuing villain had some sort of reason to do what they were doing. Exactly. And I feel like that's actually been pretty consistent throughout this whole series. That hasn't been the case. I mean, like Parasite, we get a little bit, he's just kind of like a down on his luck guy. So when he gets power, he goes for it. But even when he reappears, he's not really super motivated of anything. Metallo. Just a gangster. They got just kind of a gangster. Yeah. I mean, even, even Lex, even though they kind of give him some reasons to hate Superman, it's still just kind of evil to be evil. Mm -hmm. The only one that I can think of so far is Toy Man. Yeah. kind of the best episode we've had so far it's actually true yeah like he actually gave a real reason why he was the way he was mm-hmm. and he was sympathetic even if it was and... a simple reason yeah like they killed my dad i'm getting revenge yeah boom done easy and even that had like the nice twist like you think it's gonna be the guy and then you realize no it's his son and like okay this all still carries through you're right they didn't really yeah but it could because uh... what happens in this 20 minute catastrophe <laughs> is um she's hosting her like three-year anniversary of being on air yeah she's uh, basically throwing a big concert for herself yeah in the middle of a thunderstorm the police come tell her to shut it down superman comes tells her to shut it down she refuses um lightning strikes the stage superman kind of moves her out of the way uh and as he's he kind of turns back around the lightning jumps off of the metal pole through superman into tommy laren yes into her um, gets her all freaked out. Hey, Brandon. Yeah. Howdy ho. Um, which then she wakes up in the hospital, um, sees that she has these powers, and just decides, "Hey, I'm gonna go break some shit." I'm evil now. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. I just. Yeah. It's interesting you say that it'd be better if they give her like a more in-depth origin because this is her first appearance. So that she was created for the animated series. Oh, was she really? Yeah, That's she was. Even sadder. I know, right? Because I mean, when they did that in like. You know, Betos, you look at Harley as a great example, and they that character had to go places. So she has made like it's somewhat of a transition to comics. She's, she's been in comics, but hasn't had that much going on. Um, her in the comics, she was actually born with the ability to manipulate electricity, and then her this is actually pretty great. Her show gets canceled, and it's going to become a country station, which is a reference to Howard Stern. I guess that happened hmm. to him. Like, his first DJ job got lost because it went country. So then she's all mad. She goes up on the roof, and then she happens to be struck by lightning. So she had some powers existing. She was given a reason to be upset, and then she got struck and became more powerful. Okay. Um, although, do you want to hear her new 52 origin? Sure. So it's worse. She was a popular vlogger known for her pranks, 
and makeup tutorials. Honestly, that was the first thing I wrote down in this episode, <laughs> was Leslie Willis would make a great influencer in modern society. She, yeah. This, Literally the first thing I wrote down in this episode, <laughs> about this episode. Yeah, so in the new episode, she's an influencer, and then during... Uh, she tries to do a stunt where she tries to reroute all the power in the city in order to like spell out a dirty message that would be visible from space. Nice. And she gets electrocuted, and that gives her superpowers. Nice. Oh, man. <laughs> That's the dream. I wish Jake Paul got superpowers. Who's Jake Paul? Don't worry about I it. Don't, well, is he an, if he's an influencer? He's the scum of YouTube right now. Okay. Uh, I don't even want to hear about influencers. Fuck them all. Um, I want to say that because we don't influence anyone. Nope. Makes me so sad. It's fine. Um... <laughs> But yeah, so she gets these powers, and she's going to be like a total asshole about it. And it's just, I don't, what's, so it's like she like, what, shorts out the power in the city. She holds the city's electricity at ransom. Oh, that's right, yeah. She basically like, says, instead of paying your cable companies, pay me, and then I'll give you money. Then I'll give you power. I'll give you power, yeah. And it's like, there's like some crash on the street and some two planes nearly crash. And what, what I love in this, I think this happens in general, lightning powers in cartoons can do incredible things Mm -hmm. because she somehow can shoot lightning that also has like concussive force behind it yeah like it's been a long time since i studied anything related to like science and engineering but i was like okay wait how do people classify like what like if lightning has mass and basically there's some ways of looking at it whereas yes but like not enough that you could like knock something down like sure you might be like zap someone and the body might cause them like to jump but you can't, like, shoot, like, electricity at something and have it get knocked over. That happens all the time here. So, bringing, talking about that, because I, I connected this very much to Static, mm-hmm. to Static Shock. Like, this would have been a decent character for Static Shock. Sure. Um, what do you think of his powers, where instead it's manipulation over electricity, it's manipulation over kind of electrical forces? Uh, that... Because his, his is more, like, magnetism stuff. Yeah, like electrical fields as well. Yes. There's... That's the I think an element of that to her character is not in this episode. I think it pops up again in maybe later episodes or in the comics. What I just mean is that more accepting for you, being able to move things and kind of... Yeah, kind of. It's been honestly since a long time since I watched Static. I forget how it all works. <laughs> okay. It's, I don't know. It just, it just seems like a cop-out. Just be like, oh, she has electricity now. Whenever she like, zaps something, it like, blows up. Like, mm-hmm. That's not how that works. Like, you couldn't really knock Superman over. Just like, I don't know. It bothers me. That's fine. I, you know, there's a lot that bothers us about this episode. I know. You know what bothers me? That I wrote in all caps because I was so frustrated that I was so tired of seeing this. What? Is the stupid mom, as the, as the oh moment you God. just talked about, I, she, she <laughs> zaps a sign. The way that I saw it was it didn't, like, explode the sign. It, like, overcharged it, and that's what caused it to explode. I guess. Whatever. The sign starts to fall onto the city, and a guy, like, backs up into a woman, and she pushes... Her her baby's stroller stroller away into the under the under the falling sign. Yeah, goes, like, oh no, my, my baby! baby. I, my I have a note here that just just says fucking baby. I'm like, so tired of that trope. It it's just, I get it that this is from 1996 and that trope probably wasn't as overused as it is now. But it's still just lazy writing. Like that's that's the <clears throat> the laziest way to make. Is something have like stakes is like oh a baby's in danger a baby or a kid like uh, it's just... what was the first instance of like the baby rolling down the stroller rolling down the staircase uh okay so i actually do know the answer to this okay it is uh the battleship potenkin from like 19 seven no 
Okay, 60s, 70s. Okay. No, no, like 1917. Oh, okay. Like way back in the day. So, um, oh, God. Because um, it's the, like, they've been down and accidentally knock the... Well, in, in, um, in that case, it's, the, it's referred to as the Odessa Steps sequence, which is basically, um, there's a whole bunch of people sitting on the steps, like this massive set of stairs, and, like, the army comes from the top and starts, like, firing into the crowd. And so everyone's, like, running down the stairs... And people are like, getting like shot at and tripped over and falling. It's like like for when it was, which again was like the nineteen twenties, I want to say. Okay. Um, it's a really intense sequence, and in that, like that's the first use of the like the the stroller, the pram, like literally like bumping down the stairs. And then um, they used it in the Untouchables. There's a whole shootout on the stairs that kind of it's a direct right. Lift okay, I've I've seen that. that. And then it's been just done again and again and again and called a bunch of different places. But yeah, um, Battleship Potemkin, uh, the original use of that. Okay. Okay, it's good to know. Yeah, I actually had a, I actually had a real answer for you on that one. Yeah. It's, although it's bothering me now, it's the director is a Russian director. Tartovsky. No, no. Oh, Sergei Eisenstein. God damn it. Okay, 1925, Sergei Eisenstein. Okay. So we've had this trope for almost 100 years. Uh, yes. Yes, let's, we have. Let's kill it. Yeah. It is. Because they even used it in uh, Spider-Man, right? They did, yeah, in the first one. Yeah. And, like, in all of them at some point. Yeah. There's always some stupid kid, like, staring up, like, oh, my God, what's oh, that? Oh, God, I'm fucking so fucking Didn't they do it again in Homecoming, too? Wasn't there something like that? It wouldn't surprise me. I can't think of it off the top I, of my I head. I seem to recall... Because I see it in the oh, two no, amazing I... Spider-Mans. Okay, no, I think, that's, I think that's what it was. I was watching a video that was, like, pointing out how the... Raimi films are better than the Amazing Spider-Man films. And I think they specifically reference the fact that even they still include that trope in, um, in both in the Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. It's, it's been overdone. It's just, it's fucking lazy. Mm-hmm. Come on guys. You can do better. Um, although I did say for lazy, for lazy writing's sake, I said, dot, 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 this would be a great time for rubber band man to appear. Do you know rubber band man? No. Rubber <clears throat> band man. He's a, uh, <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, static shock villain turned antihero. Oh, uh, okay. There's a whole episode where we learned that he can't read. <laughs> it's great. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the episode is static teaching him how to read. That's what you have to look forward to, Chris. Fuck. Uh, but his power is he is literally a, a rubber ba- a rubber person. Yeah, goes like, by the name like, Rubber Band Man, like Plastic Man, or nope, Elongated not man like or... those two. No, it's just, just the exact same. Not like Mr. Not like Mr. Fantastic, no. Just... Um, but I mean, for Static Shock, that's a very capable villain because he literally just makes a ball around Static, and he's yeah. stuck. It's great. I guess that's my my one problem here. He, he is goes that... around the city by turning into a ball and bouncing down. Yeah, of course, you, it's, it's great. It's the only way to do it. Oh I, my actually, god, I would do that for I the just, rest of my life. I seem to vaguely recall that actually. Yeah, yeah. The, like one thing that bothers me here is that I don't. Hmm, I don't think. Livewire is actually that much of a threat to Superman. No, I only in this series because he's so because we've seen it in so many episodes already that he is like the one thing that can hurt him is electricity. Yeah, I've actually been keeping tabs on the number of times he's been electrocuted. I think we're at seven. Okay, I think three of them was this episode. Oh, so you're not doing per episode? You're doing total, like cumulatively, the number of times Superman has been electrocuted over the course of the whole series. Okay, I would like to know how many episodes. Uh, if I were a smarter man, I would have been keeping track of that. That's fine. Nope. Um, cause I want to know how many times they use it just 
I guess a trope, it's good to know how many times total. But I don't know what percentage I th- of episodes. I think we're at three or four okay, yeah. episodes they've used it. Yeah. And here, Sounds about right. This is the whole, the whole thing, and it just... It doesn't... Uh, yeah. I did have a question about the ending. Okay. Because uh, we learned that uh, Luther is paying for her medical treatment. Oh, yeah, because she goes to steal power from a dam, and then she like accidentally blows a hole in the dam with electricity. Don't know fucking how. Yeah, and she gets hit with water, and that shorts her out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah, L- Luther's paying for her treatment. Um, and we see her in this, like, huge contraption. Is Luther using her as a battery? Because it looked like she was awake. May- oh, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what they're using her for exactly. Um, and how, like, what that equipment was supposed to be doing to keep her from using her powers. Because mm-hmm. she can just turn into electricity yeah. and get out of it. I almost feel like... You would have to put her in, um, like, a giant rubber room. Mm-hmm. Like, a huge grounded cell, which, like, that was sealed. There was just no way Put her out. in a bounce house. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> no, my greatest weakness. Just, just, just literally just have her go in, just have rubber band man just wrap around her. Yeah, just, just make a nice coat. Yeah, exactly. That's the, only, that's the only way you can do it. Yeah. I don't know. There is, there's another character we meet later on who's, like, got fire powers. I don't remember her name. I think she's in season three of Superman, but, like, when they imprison her, uh, they basically just put her in a vacuum chamber except for, like, oxygen to her mouth so she can't get oxygen to light a spark. Like, that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know what the hell they're doing here. Mm. I, I think that uh, Luther has her in some kind of, like, like comatose state yeah. where he's just feeding off her energy for some LexCorp scan. Sort of thing. I feel like her next appearance... Is with Parasite, maybe? Like a villain team-up? I don't know. 100%. Okay. But I, wanted to, I just wanted to be good. I know. Like I said, I think this should have been a two-parter, so we had more time to give her an actual transition. And I think we should have skipped the origin entirely. Yes. Well, it's up to you guys <laughs> to decide who's right. Um, also, one of my favorite lines in the episode um, was when... She's interviewing Lois, and she's like, so what are you in Superman? And uh, uh, Lois yeah. gives some kind of stupid answer, and she's like, oh, well, I guess we'll never know. Uh, I'd say, I guess we'll never know if he has a big red S on his pajamas or not. It's like, ooh. I missed that line. Sleeping scandal. Oh, it, was like very un- it was while Superman was kind of listening to the, the wreck oh, behind he was, him. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was just kind of played as an under-dialogue. Oh, that weird sequence where she's listening to all the things he does terribly, and we see him literally doing the opposite so i wanted to bring that up because we saw this happen in batman and we both said how much we enjoyed it in batman what was the thing in batman was, oh was that with bullock maybe was that when- he's uh batman or bruce is supposed to be at some party and someone is talking to someone about bruce Oh. Uh, and while they're talking about him, we see Batman doing the opposite outside. Yeah. And we both talked about how much we enjoyed it then. Shit, you're right. And so I'm curious if if it's just Batman bias that makes us like it more there. It's probably it. We like the episode better. Like the character. There's something on why we liked it then and now we don't like it. I'm very curious about that. I think... I, I vaguely recall what you're talking about. I feel like the reason it doesn't work here is we don't agree with Livewire. 
So she okay, she's making an argument that he's useless, mm-hmm. and it's that's getting contrasted with him literally doing the things that she, she says he doesn't do. Go ahead and save the world stuff. Like from what I recall from the Batman episode, it's more like. Like, oh, like, you know, Bruce is off, like, you know, womanizing and blah, blah, blah. And, like, he's, you know, actually out fighting crime, that sort of thing. And it's more like, that feels more like it's like set up for a joke. Where here, it's like a joke, but also in the guise of, like, a counter-argument sort of thing. It's like, she was never right to begin with, and we already know he does his things. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's it? Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. Because I, I forgot about that, but you're right. Because it just doesn't, doesn't play there. Yeah. I think because I just you never really seeing it as a as a rebuttal as yeah a, as a compared to a joke I think is is a as a good explanation yeah because yeah you're right because he just it we, we just never agree with her in the first place like what's the right what's the point there isn't one no why are we doing this podcast Chris? no there's no point to anything <laughs> we're all gonna die full on nihilism at this point what's the the Rick and Morty quote um I don't know I don't remember it anymore when Summer finds out that. Every timeline is better when she's not born. Oh, I've I've it's only the, watched the first of the inner of the first of the like intergalactic TV episodes. Oh, okay. I've only seen the whole thing once. I've started rewatching it because I'm still behind on even this season. No, but... huh, it's nobody matters. Everyone's gonna die. Now just come watch TV. <laughs> it's pretty much the only reason we do these sort of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, what do you have to plug, Chris? Uh... I watched a bit last night of the Netflix show American Vandal. Okay, I've I've seen it. A few people talk about it on Facebook. Yeah, so it's it's um it's kind of a mockumentary. It's it's scripted, but it play it's it's making fun of things like serial, like the podcast, the podcast. Sorry, or, I was, okay. uh, um, uh, no, like, or the, the like breakfast, breakfast cereal. cereal. <laughs> no, I'm thinking not cereal. Um, like making a murder, which I didn't actually. Oh, watch. Okay, okay. But it's like it's an eight part series that's basically investigating this kid. Um, who has gotten expelled because he drew dicks on all the faculty cars. Amazing. And so there's a whole bunch of people having, like, very serious conversations about dicks. Amazing. Perfect. Drawing dicks. I'm down. It's, it's pretty funny. So I, I only just saw a bit of it last night, but enough for me to want to go back and keep watching it. Um, and the other thing I watched, and it's just kind of amusing uh, video. Let me see where I put it. I, I keep a list of these things. Oh, it was, uh, it was this really cool Rubik's Cube video that actually, that was like this, like this Japanese group of, Students, not sure what they were exactly. Made this really elaborate Rubik's, or not Rubik's cube. God damn it, Rube Goldberg. Rube Goldberg. Okay, I know which video you're talking about. <sighs> it's fine. Yeah. We're almost there. I know. It's just, but uh, they do stuff in that that I've never seen done before. It's cool, but also half the fun is just listening to this one like guy just like cheering and cheering and cheering and off in the background the entire time. So, just kind of a random little thing, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. But next time we do a podcast, I'll have tons of stuff to plug. So I'll have free time. Yay. Free time. Uh, I, on the other hand, on the other hand, have had way too much free time this past week. Um, so one of the movies I want to plug, I think I brought it up to you before, is a movie called Begin Again. Oh, uh, yeah. Mark Ruffalo, Keira Knightley, and um, Adam Levine. Yeah, because it's the same guy who did Once. Yes. Yeah, which I have not seen. Oh, who directed uh, that, though? I don't know. But I was very pleasantly surprised by that movie. It uh, made me feel some things, which I didn't expect to feel. Uh, puberty. Some, yeah. Uh, some great music. Oh, John Carney. Sure. Mm. Um, yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised by the movie. It, oh, nice. It, it, you know, it, made, it, was a, it was a good, like, sit at home at Feel 11 good, at night and watch a movie. <laughs> uh, no, it was nice. I, you know, the soundtrack was, was kind of what I needed at the, at the moment when I watched it. 
Okay, just it's kind of like whimsically upbeat. Uh, kind of. A little melancholy, maybe, at times? Very melancholy. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes you just need a little melancholy. Yeah. Uh, and it was like a, a cool idea. It was them kind of, Ruffalo as a, a, produ- a music producer, Keira Knightley as the, um, the ex-girlfriend of Adam Levine playing basically himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so she wants to leave the city. Uh, uh, Ruffalo hears her play a, uh, play a song. He's like, oh, I'm going to make an album for you. We're going to play it all around New York. So we're going to use New York as kind of a citywide sound booth. That's cool. And it was cool. And there was a lot of like interesting music and some cool characters. Is Keira Knightley actually singing through it? I think so. On on Spotify, it has her listed as the, the oh, that's cool. artist. Oh, yes. Yeah. She's a great voice. Oh, I didn't not know Not surprising that. For, a, for a Harvard grad. No, yeah. Natalie Portman. Where where did Keira Knightley go? Uh, Throughout her, fuck if her I twin. Know. Yeah. Um, whatever. She did great. The other thing I want to plug, because I just saw this last night, uh, is Harmon Quest is back. Oh, it is? Yeah, season two just started. Oh, nice. On a different streaming service that I can't remember the name of right well, now, yeah, but I'll send you, the, dead, yeah, so. I'll send you the link. Yeah, please do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. it's great. The first uh, guest, I only watched the first episode. The first guest is uh, Gillian Jacobs. Okay. Right? Oh, yeah. She, yeah, she's community. Yes. She's I get community. her and Gillian Anderson mixed up. Yes. From X Files. Yeah. Yes. Um, you did it, Cameron. Yeah. She's great because she has no idea how to play like role playing games. Yeah. The Dan Harmon asked at the beginning, like, what's your experience with role playing? Uh, she's like, only what you told me to say in the one community episode. <laughs> And he's like, okay, we'll just do that. Yeah. Have you seen All Community? Oh, I love it. Yeah. I never actually watched it. I watched like, the first few episodes when they aired, and I didn't really dig them, and I haven't gone back. And like I, I actually just had a conversation with someone about this two or three days ago. Community took me a few tries to hook in. Okay. And I definitely start on an episode that would hook me. Okay. So I think the first one I watched was the Dungeons & Dragons episode. Okay, so you know me. I have to watch them in order. I know. I know. It's ridiculous. But, I mean, I started there, and then I went to the beginning. Okay. Uh, so I had something to look forward to, almost. The first season is, like, it's a, it's a college comedy. Yeah. By season two, or by the end of season two, um, it really is just like, fuck it. We're whatever we want to be. Yeah. We're just a parody series. Okay. And you definitely see that in the, the paintball episodes. If you've ever made it to a paintball episode... I've heard, of, I've heard of them because uh, that was part of what got the Russo brothers the gig to direct uh, Captain America. Oh, that's with right. Soldier. Yeah, because they're amazing. Yeah, that's what I've heard. They're really great. Mm-hmm. So I will have to check that out at some point. Yeah. I okay. guess that'll be my third plug is I, community. I won't, I won't check it out at any point probably. That's fine. I know. Sometime. Next week. Yeah, free time. Yeah. I mean, some free time. Yeah. I have a lot of scripts to read while I'm gone. Yeah, yeah, whatever. God damn it. Uh, but I think that's it. Okay. You want to sign us out? Yeah. Uh, what do we do here? Oh. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, and please do, tell us if you watch Gotham. Tell us... Who's your favorite host? Who's your, oh, okay. That's an easy answer right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever you want to tell us. Uh, some people have been actually reaching out to us. Oh, thanks, guys. Is, this has been nice. Um, yeah, you can find us at Tim Talk Pod on uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Um, I am at Lordifer on all of those exact same things, but with less posts and less stuff to talk about because I am boring and never post on social media. That's fine. 
if you want to see my face, it's uh, Cam Dexter underscore Adventures. If you want to see my art, which hopefully I'll post something again soon, uh, you can find it at uh, Cameron Dexter. Oh, and real quick, I was I had a very specific person in mind when I said people were reaching out to us. Uh, Ashley Clark, aka Pretty Dang Nerdy, on Instagram recommended that we read. Um, oh, what fuck, what was it? Oh, Superman by For All Seasons by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Okay. I bought it. I was hoping I would have had a chance to have read it by the time we did this podcast. I have not. But actually, I'm going to take it with me on my trip, and I'm going to read it then, and I'll talk about it next time. But yeah. thank you yeah. for the recommendation. So I'll read it eventually. <laughs> no, you won't. You don't read shit, Cameron. Maybe. <laughs> I could have a surprising when, moment. When? How long has it been since I got you New Frontier? <laughs> it's not important. <laughs> it looks really nice on my shelf. That it's a, it's a very pretty comic book. But anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. The Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit nerdistschool.com.